Clare means business. A Clare FM exclusive podcast with Josh Prenderville. Hello there and you're very welcome to this week's edition of Clare Means Business. I hope you're well and thanks for tuning our way once again. It's been a big week for business in this county and indeed the country. If you remember last week, we were speaking about the hospitality VAT rate and members of that sector. There are thousands of people employed in it in Clare, of course, and they were concerned about the prospect of the VAT being raised from 9% back up to 13.5% in the latest cost of living package announced by the government, which you would have seen this week. Well, as you've probably heard by now, that will indeed be happening, but not until the end of the high season, as August ends and September begins. That rate will go up again. So a brief reprieve for both businesses and consumers but I'm sure it's a subject that will no doubt provoke further discussion and debate as the year goes on. Also worth mentioning the temporary business energy support scheme which we've also discussed at length on this podcast. That's been broadened. Businesses can now claim relief if their energy costs have jumped by 30% rather than the 50% previously and will be eligible for 50% of a rebate rather than 40% as previous. So nuggets of good news in that too. Now, though, we'll begin this week with something different. And you might remember last April, we were speaking about an announcement from Vitalograph, based both in Ennis and Limerick, of course, that they were to invest €10 million throughout the two locations and bring 200 new jobs on stream. Well, on the back of that positive news, we're talking about them again, because this week they've launched their Vitalo PFT pulmonary function testing series over in the Far East. To tell us a bit more about what it all entails, delighted to say Vitalograph CEO Frank Keane is with me. Thanks for your time, Frank. Briefly then, what's this all about? Sure, uh, Josh. Thanks for having me on the call. We, For many years, we were involved, back in the 70s and 80s, we were involved in more advanced respiratory diagnostics, so not just in a GP's office or a local clinic or at home but in, in advanced um, pulmonary function testing labs. And there's one in Ennis Hospital, one in Limerick. And we, we moved away from that um, for a couple of years and we decided in 2016 we could back into it um, and we started to design a full set of products there. So there's there's really three products there. Um, they're quite advanced. Um, one tests the blood exchange, uh, you know, how the oxygen gets turned into blood and how it works in your body. The second product will test, you know, your your um, your total lung function, not just um, the spirometry function. And the last one looks like a telephone box, literally. And you sit into it and we measure uh, the residual volume of your lungs. So they're quite advanced um, instruments um, that are used in specialist secondary care. But with this, the release of these products, we filled out with the complete range. So we now go from very simple mechanical peak flow meters that an asthmatic can use at home to electronic meters and up to GP, specialist consultant, right up to the specialist labs now. And we're the only company in the world to do that. So there's, we've now got a full range of uh, 17 products in, in that whole um, range from the, 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 the smallest up to the, up to the biggest. And you mentioned, um, uh, I suppose, the diagnostic side of things. You mentioned asthma there. In terms of other diagnostics, are you looking at, you know, common conditions, the likes of COPD, etc.? Is is that 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 what these things would be used for? It is, yeah. So asthma is relatively easy to diagnose, you know, um, compared to COPD. COPD, they're 
just for your listeners, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease is the third biggest killer in the world. Um, badly recognised around the world, you know, you know, it doesn't get the attention it deserves. Largely caused by uh, environmental factors like smoking, um, in, inhaling uh, pollution, and so on. But it's a dreadful disease. It's quite difficult to diagnose. And once it's diagnosed, it's actually quite difficult to control, you know, because there's no reversibility in it. You can't undo COPD, you know, it, it's in decline. The other areas we'd be involved in would be cystic fibrosis, which is familiar to us all. Uh, IPF, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Um, any, any kind of lung disease, we get involved in lung transplants. Um, uh, Duchenne's muscular dystrophy is another interesting one, even though it's um, not, it's uh, recognised as a sole uh, yeah. respiratory disease. Uh, you know, it has a huge effect on the lungs. That's another area we're, we're do, doing work on at the moment. I'd imagine there was a huge amount of R&D that went into this and, and, and years of work, Frank. Yeah. So we would have invested about uh, this range of products, maybe 15, 16 million euro since since 2016. You know, we've had a team of seven or eight engineers. We're working with a partner in the US on it. Um, for some aspects of it and have built up quite a good core competence in it but uh, yeah it's been quite a significant development to say the least and all designed in Ennis. In terms of the Arab Health Exhibition side of things and I, I think we spoke before um, when when you'd made a trip out there previously I, I guess that seems to be the first stop uh, in the modern world that we're in now um, for proactive healthcare devices such as this, it's it's really it seems to be an expanding market, not just for Vitalograph, but in in all aspects of healthcare. It is, you know, that we first went there last year and we're quite stunned at, at how impressive it was. Um, it's a really good location. I know we're used to looking at the globe and seeing it being a European centric or Irish centric or the UK centric, but if you if you swing around the globe a little bit and look where where, where Dubai is, you know, it's very very close to Asia. It's close to Europe close to Australia, it's close to Africa. So it's much more central, it's much easier to get our distributors in, we had our distributors in from South Africa, from Australia, from New Zealand, from India, from Pakistan, from Malaysia, from Thailand. So it's much, much easier to, to get people together. Um, super show, but something like 120,000 visitors a day, you know, 3,000 uh, exhibitors in total, 45 country pavilions, you know, very, very impressive. Um the we've had great follow up from it this week in Ennis. We've actually got sixteen uh, salespeople over from our distributors in the Middle East, from Kuwait, UAE, and Saudi Arabia. Here in Ennis, being trained this week on the new products as well. So it's a, it's really it's really given us a, a lot of dynamism on, on on the whole project. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose another wing of of that was the fact that this was all part of an Enterprise Ireland trade mission uh, to the UAE. I, I guess having that state and, and government support in terms of all this, you know, r- really helps push things out there as well. Autos, like Enterprise Island are second to none, you know, in, in the world. Their their model is just superb. The support they give us is fantastic. And we managed to get um, Minister Derek Leary on the Sunday to come and launch our new product range. He stayed with us for two hours with the ambassador to the UAE, who's from Shannon, um, Alison Milton. They gave us a fantastic amount of time. They they were at the show every day, um, supporting us. You know, it was, and it, having ministers there really makes a difference. You know, to the local distributors and that. You know, it gives a lot of kudos to it. It gives a lot of gravitas to it. Um, you know, we were trying to get one of the distributors over the line, and actually bringing the minister um, helped us to get him over the line and to sign up to deal with us. You know, so it's a it's a super thing. You know, and I know we've got 
that the usual controversy over ministers going abroad for St Patrick's Day. I think it's brilliant. You know, it's it's one of the one of the great treasures we have is that we get that exposure around the world. You know, so it's um, I couldn't praise Enterprise Ireland highly enough for the support they give us. Yeah, really interesting. And I mentioned this um, at the beginning of the piece. The last time we spoke, um, it was in Limerick, actually, um, when uh, you were making that announcement in terms of the, the expansion, 10 million euro recruiting for 200 roles. That was last April, if I remember rightly. So nearly a year ago now, hard to believe. But how has that process been going? Yeah, we hired about 170 last year. Um the, and we're still continuing to hire, I think, we're about 20, 30 open positions at the moment. We're we're kind of full for space at the moment. So we've bought a new building in Ennis, um, which we're just about finalised with up in Ballymaley. Yes. Uh, 12,000 square feet. So we hope to get in there within the next couple of weeks and start getting that ready. That's going to be our centre of excellence for our clinical drug trial work. Um, and the building in, in Limerick is full as well. We've got 70 people in there, yeah. So we're, um, it's gone well, yeah, it's gone quite well. We grew about 40% last year overall, you know, which is fantastic. It brings its own problems and pressures, of course, when you're growing mm. that fast. Um, so we, I don't think we grow as fast this year, but we still expect growth in the 20 to 25% range. You're not having issues then in terms of sourcing staff. I, I just know from speaking to others, maybe in, in similar lines of work, highly skilled jobs, of course, um, in, involved in some of the technologies that we're speaking about here. But you're still seeing that talent pool come off the production line? Yeah, it's, it's got better. You know, it's it's still not easy. You know, it still takes a long, a long time to get people, you know, and um, we do have open positions like for software developers continuously. Um, we, we've tried a lot of innovative methods that have worked. You know, we've, we've hired a new, um, last year we hired a new chief people officer uh, who brought in a lot of new methods of, that helps us to, to get people in. We're, we've, we've kicked off a graduateship program this year with a lot of applicants for that. We I think we put over eighty applicants for that. You know, we want to get them out of the colleges and that. So so innovation has, has helped us, you know, um to, to get people in and to attract people in. And just uh, in terms of the Ballymaley site, uh, to, to clarify, because I, I know you mentioned the clinical trial side of things there, that's obviously slightly different from the, the device side of things in terms of what you're going to be looking to do in that building. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, so the disease, as I mentioned earlier, also need treatment, obviously. So asthma needs inhalers and COBD needs inhalers and drugs and so on. So they've got to be tested in clinical drug trials. And what we provide is the methods to do the diagnosis during the disease. So if you're testing an asthma drug, how do you know if the asthmatic is getting better? So we, we provide the equipment and the services and the data management to test the person before they get the drug or after they get the drug and where they get a placebo on that. So again, it's the same disease areas we focus on. Uh, so respiratory diagnostics is our thing. So, so we stick to that, the clinical drug trials. So what we do is we lease the equipment. We don't sell it into those trials and we provide data analysis um, of the data that comes back. So we do uh, for asthma and COPD and the other um, the other uh, disease areas, we, we provide what's called a quality check, what's called overeating. You know, we have respiratory therapists around the world that check the data. But we also do cough analysis. We analyze um, cough for, for in cough drugs. Mm. And, you know, that would be the bulk of our data analysis. We're the only people in the world that do that at the moment. Absolutely. And just lastly, uh, 60th anniversary for Vitalograph this year, founded back in 1963. So I suppose it's quite timely that even six decades on, we're talking about continued advancement and progression. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, so August this year will 
a little bit of a hoolie somewhere. Uh, 60 years still owned by the same family, 100% owned by the, by the same family, which is great. And they're still actively involved. And we still have the same mission, you know, to improve patients' lives. You know, it hasn't changed from day one. Really interesting stuff. And seems like the only way is up. Um, thanks very much for your time, as always. Appreciate things are busy. Um, and, and best of luck to you in terms of that continued expansion and growth in Ennis and Limerick and elsewhere. Uh, Frank Keane, CEO of Vitalograph. Thanks very much for speaking thanks, with Josh. us on Clear Means Business. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Really interesting times and indeed positive times for Vitalograph and its hundreds of workers throughout the Midwest region, including here in Ennis. Very exciting to see a company grow and want to grow within our county town and keep County Clare as a significant part of that journey as well. Best of luck to Frank and the team and no doubt we'll be speaking to them again very soon. Now also staying on the positive front, Shannon Chamber this week launched their strategic plan from 2023 to 2020. It contains six strategic pillars and 23 actions and a lot of detail besides. Helen Downs is CEO of Shannon Chamber and before the formal launch this week, she began telling me about some of the meat on the bones of the plan. Okay, so the strategic objectives in the plan that would span until 2026 include um, be the voice of and lobbyist for the business in Shannon, to go and deliver value to a diverse membership, to champion the delivery of the Shannon Town Centre Master Plan, to promote the unique proposition of brand Shannon, to grow the region, econ- economy and connectivity, to position Shannon Chamber as a thought leader on issues that impact Shannon and the region, and finally to collaborate on promoting sustainability and renewable energy. And in terms of the pathway to achieving those goals, because I, I guess in, in, in strategic plans, there, there's a lot of ambition and objectives, but I, I guess the key is how we get there. Absolutely. And with this plan, we have a business plan, an operational plan, and there are five different levels of actions that will be delivered over the course of the plan. Um, The level of actions um, would actually form around doing it, collaborating, lobbying, commenting and monitoring. So the level one actions are those are the actions that my team and I will deliver on our own initiative. Level two are the actions that require collaboration with stakeholders, and there'll be multiple stakeholders in and outside the region, including our network with Chambers Ireland. Level three involves our lobbying activity. Level four are issues that impact the development of Shannon that we can comment and or contribute to. And the final level are national and local programs programs, plans and development that require monitoring to ensure delivery. So they're the ones that we will have to work with, for example, with the local authority, with any other regional stakeholders to deliver the output that they're talking about when it comes to infrastructural investment, for example, Josh. Yeah. Is it fair to say that there's a really good base to work from here? We've we've spoken about a number of job announcements in the Shannon region over the past uh, number of years. You mentioned the Shannon Town Master Plan. Uh, Shannon Airport continues to expand its operations, of course. And, and, and we're hearing about greater transport links to the Shannon area, hopefully in the LS Math strategy, that there is a lot coming down the tracks, I suppose, within the lifetime of, of the new strategic plan for Shannon Chamber uh, that, that really provides an opportunity. It's a very exciting time because there is a lot happening in Shannon, in the county and in the region. So our engagement with the stakeholders is really going to be fundamental to deliver what we can deliver in isolation, but what we can support them in delivering. And I suppose an example of that is our recent lobbying efforts with the department on the N19. We've just now been asked to engage in the whole design stage of that particular project. So the lobbying arm for the chamber is going to get stronger and stronger 
as we move into the three-year cycle of the plan. Um, and I suppose the other side of it as well, look, I suppose we're all facing challenges. We have to remain very relevant and stay very relevant to our members' needs. And more, more active participation in the region through the stakeholders is really what we're going to focus on in the next number of years. A big focus on sustainability. We've only recently set up a sustainability task force, and that's been chaired by Barry Gavin, a sustainability expert, and that's industry-led. We have over 40 members involved in that task force. So that's showing the collaborative and the promoting arm of what we can do as a chamber to support businesses in the wider region. And what are some of those key needs are you hearing from your members uh, over the next few years? I suppose the delivery of the Shannon Town Master Plan, if we look at that, that's a, that's a real focus for us in the next few years. And we've been engaging quite heavily with Linda Early um, from the Clare County Council on what the next st- stage of that are, sorry, what the next stage of that plan is, because funding needs to be secured to deliver the Shannon Town Master Plan. So we know that that's a work in progress. And um, what other companies need, again, is we need to brand Shannon to promote Shannon um, as an area that you can invest and um, live and work. So we'll be focusing on the housing element and the living element and the employment opportunities. Um, so I think there's lots of different areas that we're going to be focusing on in the next um, few years. The focus for me will be to deliver to support what we've agreed as a board and what we've agreed with our members and stakeholders to deliver. Can I just ask you lastly, H- Helen, uh, I suppose people will be well aware of an awful lot of foreign direct investment in the Shannon area and we've spoken about it over the last number of years and, and plenty of new jobs, particularly in, in highly skilled areas. Is that is there a renewed maybe focus on that in the plan or is there hope for, for more Indigenous investment as well? I think it's a blend. When you get FDI, um, I, the relationship between FDI and the Indigenous industries is very, very close. Um, and a few examples would be um, Smithstown Light Engineering, Modular Automation, you know, Minkham, they're all homegrown businesses and they sit very well alongside the FDI family of businesses that we have in the region. They all work very closely together. We're very strong in FDI in this region and I think we have to applaud the IDA team for bringing that investment into the region but we need to ensure that we nurture and maintain that relationship to support the SMEs and an example of that would be for example Skillnet Ireland we work very closely with Skillnet Ireland through the Shannon Chamber Skillnet to deliver a suite of training programmes to support the development of SMEs. And we've secured new funding um, this year and in previous years in isolation just to support the SME community. So our focus isn't in isolation, Josh, to support FDI. It's to support Enterprise Ireland's clients in the region. And they're getting very strong as well. And we have to applaud the challenges that they've had when they've come through Brexit and obviously the pandemic and now the energy crisis. So our focus will be to make sure that we support companies. And that's one of the reasons that we set up the sustainability task force, along with the other forms that are very active um, with the chamber. We have a very active CEO form, a very active HR form, a very active Midwest Lean Network, the Skillnet Steering Group and now the Sustainability Task Force. I suppose our support for the companies is industry led. So the main reason we have these forums and task forces and networks set up is because of the engagement that I've had with companies. So it supports them, it fixes or solves the problems for them to allow them to continue their business as usual um, operational activities. Again, really good news and hopefully the Shannon area in the context of all of the opportunities and challenges it's faced in the recent past and continues to face, of course, 
continues to make progress, both in terms of investment and job creation. It's very much been a positive theme here on Claremead's business this week in terms of Vitalograph earlier and now Shannon Chamber. And fingers crossed that positivity is being felt across the majority of businesses and enterprises throughout the county. There'll no doubt be some further hurdles to overcome in the short to medium term. But let's continue to support those local businesses and do remember to shop local and buy local where possible. For now, though, that's where this week's edition of Clare Means Business is unfortunately coming to an end. Many thanks for your listening ears over the last 20 minutes or so. Stay safe for now, enjoy your weekend, and we'll chat to you next Friday. You've been listening to an exclusive Clare FM podcast presented by Josh Prenderville. Log on each week to hear Clare Means Business.